the same way you feel about making big investments is the same way other people are going to feel about making big investments in you. And so if you're one of those people who's like, oh, $5,000, I'm not going to pay that, then why the hell would anyone ever pay you $5,000? Welcome to the Conscious Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Griff. I'm a conscious serial entrepreneur with a passion for wealth creation, sovereignty and natural law, spirituality and consciousness, financial literacy, commerce, investing, and the game of money. I am the founder of the Level Up Collective, a conscious wealth mastermind in which I lead countless others through the process of unlearning most, if not all, of what we've been taught about the world and the game of money, and then relearning what the rules of this secretive game really are and how we can actually win at it. I was incredibly blessed to stumble across many of the secrets of the 1% at a young age. And rather than keeping it all to myself, I'm on a mission to share this information freely with as many people as I can. This podcast is going to challenge the very fabric of your reality. And at times, you may find yourself running up against some of your deepest unconscious belief systems. I encourage you to give yourself grace, keep an open mind, and never just accept what I say as fact. Always do your own research. I never want you to just assume I am telling the truth. I am not here to convince or teach you anything, but rather to reflect back and remind you of things that somewhere in your consciousness you already know. Take what resonates, discard what doesn't, and enjoy the ride. Now let's get started. Peace, 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 everyone. Man, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've uh, sat down to record a podcast. Not that you guys can tell because we pre-record a lot and, you know, we have different systems set up to where we have things automated to a degree, but, um, it's been a little while. I've missed, I've missed the mic and, uh, just kind of translating and transmuting things from my life to yours. I'm really excited about today's podcast. What I want to talk about is something very near and dear to my heart. This is not something that's an intellectual concept or a lesson that I'm giving you guys. This is something that I've had to live through and really something that I've had to work through because this did not come natural to me. And I was thinking about, you know, I'm doing a lot of reflecting because we're in December now, 2022, and it's about to be 2023. And I know a lot of people wait until the new year and they do their whole New Year's resolutions, rah-rah and all that. And that's great. But what I like to do is I like to reflect on 2022 in December. I like to unplug and do less. And I like to sit with myself more. And then I like to plan for 2023 and ultimately who I want to show up as in, in 2024. So that's what I've been doing. And in doing this, uh, couldn't help but have things come across my mind that I see I'm finally excelling in, but many of those around me have not picked up on the lesson or maybe just aren't applying it. And so that's kind of the 
little journey of what brought me to today's topic, which is going to be all about how to invite more wealth into your life in 2023. That can be our little our little title, okay? I want to start off with my family background around money because really what I'm going to be talking about today is literally how to invite more wealth into your life. And a lot of that is energetic. And so just a quick run through. I grew up very middle class. By no means was I shopping at Goodwill, but I also by no means had all the cool stuff. So very middle class, I'd say the middle of the middle class. And my entire upbringing, what I remember a lot of was cheapness, penny pinching, complaining about how expensive it was from my parents, largely my dad. Now, I'm not trying to roast my dad. Me and my dad have a great relationship, better than it's ever been now. I'm very grateful for that because it's been a journey, but I'm just speaking objectively. And I understand why my dad is this way. I understand why his dad is this way. If that gives you a hint as to, you know, what I'm getting at. I just chose to no longer live that way. But my entire upbringing, that's how, that's how things were. To give you guys some examples, I mean, I would get lunch money one day a week and that was supposed to last me for the entire week and it never did, which is why I had to find other ways to make money. When we would go on vacations or even just be driving as family on the weekend and stuff like that, and it would be, you know, summer and it would be blazing hot. We live in San Diego. We wouldn't be allowed to use the air conditioning because apparently that used too much gas and was too expensive. And, you know, so many of these little instances, when we would go out to eat, we would never be able to get a drink, for example, or like we, I can never remember a single time in my entire life where we ordered appetizers. There's no such thing. We get water. We don't get appetizers. You just get one plate of food. All these things really shaped me. And when you're a kid, I guess you just think that that's normal. But as I started to grow a little bit older, have friends in high school, meet friends who came from well-off families, I started to realize like, holy shit, this is not normal. And so I've had a hell of a journey with my mindset around money. And I ended up, as much as I hated this, I ended up taking this on in my early 20s when it was like time to be an adult and, you know, build something for myself, et cetera, et cetera. And I had to kind of start from zero, which you guys have heard all about and my eating shit phase and all that. And I found myself living this way as well. And it's so ironic because I'm sure you guys, many of you will be able to relate, but it's like we become the very things we hate about our parents, right? A lot of that is to do with, you know, ancestral trauma and and how, and just how trauma plays out. Like the very things that you can't stand about your parents, you'll likely see that in yourself if you're willing to honestly reflect on that. And so I had a lot of work to do around that in leveling up my trust in the universe, leveling up my faith in God and that things would, you know, come into my life, stop trying to be cheap and, you know, control my way to success because it just doesn't work like that. And so when I was 20, 23, 24, 
that was when I made my first massive investment and my entire life ended up changing because of this, but I didn't realize it at the time. But for context, like at this time, I thought that something that cost like a hundred dollars a month was like pricey. Like I can't really think of many things that I would have paid a hundred dollars a month for at that time. And I made a $14,000 investment into myself. I had to max out my first business credit card that I had gotten. I maxed that shit out. And I went from, you know, this reality where $100 was a significant amount of money to quote unquote lose or spend to like, here's $14,000. Who knows how many months and months and months and months it would have taken me to make that at that time. And the biggest thing that that did for me was it kind of shattered my reality around energy exchange and trying to be cheap. And one of the biggest things I, I took away from that was I got to be surrounded by so many people who not only didn't view that as a lot of money, but also actually loved to pay others money. Like it was almost like I had entered this cult where there's all these people talking about, you know, how can I, what's the most expensive thing that I can invest in? Or, you know, when some, someone else tells them their rates, they're like stoked that, hell yeah, I'm glad you're charging that. Would love to pay you that. Instead of, do you have a sale or oh, I can't afford that? Or do you have a payment plan? It was just this completely different reality. And I, and I felt it. I felt what it felt like in my body, and that was extremely, extremely beneficial for me. Because the thing about that is it's, it's a double-edged sword for anyone who's in, I guess it's not as important if you're an employee, but if you're in business and investing, anything like that, the same way you feel about making big investments is the same way other people are going to feel about making big investments in you. And so if you're one of those people who's like, oh, $5,000, I'm not going to pay that, then why the hell would anyone ever pay you $5,000, right? And, you know, it took a while for this to sink in, but that moment when I hired my first business mentors that were way out of my league, that was such a pivotal moment in my journey. So I just wanted to touch on that. And now I want to kind of transition to addressing this, uh, you know, specific archetype of person who I and positive is, you know, some of you listening, and this used to be me. And this is kind of the camp of people who are listening to this right now thinking, yeah, yeah, Jeremy, that's easy for you to say. I would happily be more giving if I had more money. But here's the thing, guys, that's exactly that mindset right there. That is exactly why you don't have more money. What is going on, guys? I just want to take a really quick break from the podcast to remind you that if you're continuing to receive value from the Conscious Wealth Podcast, the absolute best thing that you can do to support us is leave us a quick five-star review and let us know how you're liking the show. I have literally nothing to sell you unless you happen to feel overwhelmingly inspired to join the Level Up Collective, our wealth mastermind, but I will never sell you on that. And honestly, we turn away about 40% of applicants every enrollment period. I started this podcast to give back and share the hidden knowledge that no one seems to be willing to share publicly, let alone share it for free. I'm sure you guys have noticed that we do not do any advertising of other companies on the podcast, nor do we run ads on our YouTube videos, simply because 
we're playing the long game with this podcast. We truly want to impact millions. If that resonates with you, help us continue to provide you top tier content by rating the show and sharing it with your friends. Thank you so much for the support. Now let's get back to the show. So let me kind of give you guys a little context here. I have friends who I've known since I was young, middle school, high school, you know, that kind of range. Obviously, we don't hang out as often anymore because part of the path to success is, you know, you have to be very selective of who you surround yourself with. And so, you know, some uh, distance is there. But regardless, I have friends I have known since I was young who are exactly like this. Now, we all used to be like this, right? You could say that when we all used to be tight, then we all shared this mindset. The difference is I changed. And here's what's crazy. They've seen my whole journey. (laughs) They've seen me, you know, get locked up in jail. They've seen me go away to college. They've seen me try the MLM and fail. They see me, you know, every business I've tried, like they've seen the whole journey and Ironically, they've now normalized who I am today and all the success that I've had because, you know, we just normalize things like they forget who I used to be and where I came from, I think, to a degree. And so they've watched this whole journey. They've seen this incredible like I'm, I don't know what the odds are that of where I started and, and where I am now. I don't know what the odds are, but I can just say that it, it was extremely, extremely unlikely that I pulled off what I pulled off. And they've seen all that. And yet they remain cheap, very cheap. They've watched me go from literally sub-zero net worth, right, shitload of debt, had to move back in with my mom, to financially free by 30. And I think that they might think this happened because of luck or sheer hard work. I feel like that, those, those are probably the two camps. Probably some of them are like, damn, he got lucky. And probably some of them are like, he works his ass off, which, I mean, I guess you could say that, but neither of those are true as far as I'm concerned. Neither of those are it. Here's how I pulled it off. The spiritual principles of reciprocity are some of the most powerful in existence. I'm always saying this word. And so if you don't understand what this word means fully, just do a quick Google search right now. Look up universal law of reciprocity. Just look it up so that you can really understand it and ingrain this. You don't need to be spiritual. You don't need to be religious. This is just a law, just like gravity. All you have to do is have two eyes and ears and look around you in the world, and you will notice that reciprocity is everywhere. So if everything else in life aligns itself with this principle, you might want to consider doing the same. But for some reason, humans think they can outsmart universal laws, and it's just ridiculous. I think many overlook spiritual principles because they don't fully believe in what they can't see. And yet the irony is money and wealth isn't something you can see either. Wealth is intangible. And I talk about this a lot, but I I still think it's hard for people to wrap their head around because probably some of you are like, yeah, right. I can hold money in my hand. Yeah, but the wealth came before you could hold the money in your hand. It's like chicken and the egg. You had to have done something to create that wealth. And that thing you did, we could argue it was electrical in your body and your nervous system. We could argue it was chemical. We could argue it was spiritual or energetic, but it wasn't tangible. It's an energy, and it has to be created in the ether before it can be manifested in the third dimension with time and space. So 
that's a piece of what I wanted to kind of get to is like, I know there's going to be those of you who are thinking like, yeah, easy for you to say that whole thing. That's like, got to love when people have that mindset, but some do, and I get it, but it's a chicken and the egg type scenario. And so I want to start to get into some examples of, you know, I want to clarify, like, I am not this way because I have money now. I was this way and that allowed me to invite more money into my life. I was super cheap. Like I said, I adopted my father's habits in my younger 20s. I would try to hoard money, save money, hold on to money. I didn't want to uh, circulate it in the economy. I thought things were expensive. I was shopping based on price all the time. I was all of these things. And then I started hiring and investing in myself. I started hiring mentors. I started learning from people who had the lives I want. And I started seeing that across the board over and over and over. Every single one of them was a huge proponent of money mindset and had specific things to say that had a lot of overlap. And I started to see patterns. And a lot of it was around circulating money and giving what you want to get. That's the principle of tithing. And the thing about this stuff is you don't have to be religious. You don't have to tithe to do this. Tithing is just factoring in the same principle that I'm talking about, which is if you want to receive more, you have to give more. So let me give you guys some examples now of things that I've been doing for years that have created insane, quote unquote, random opportunities in my life where huge sums of money just enter my life out of nowhere. So I really sat with this and I'm giving you guys all of these are 100% real and led to situations in my life that something completely synchronistic and random happened shortly after I either adopted the habit or I did a specific thing in a specific situation. So let's kind of go through these. Number one, when I go out to eat, which I love to do for a number of reasons, number one, it stimulates the economy. Number two, it allows me to value my time. Number three, it allows me to value others' time. And number four, it allows me to have quality experiences, the people that I love. I love to tip extra. So I guess we could say that in the service industry, there's like a standard of like 20%. And a lot of people don't tip or like are cheap with it, 10%, 15%, whatever. I like to tip extra. So if the standard is 20, I like to always at least tip more than that, if not a lot more than that. And it really, I really go off of the energy. But it's little things like that where I could easily not tip or tip t- 20%, but it feels great to me to tip extra. There's an energy to that, that I get so much from that energy that the amount that I'm spending additionally doesn't compare to the vibration that I'm now in from doing that. And that is what people are missing. Example number two, if I'm buying something where there's no tip or it's a service with a set rate, like something from a small business owner, which I love to do business with small business owners, I will ask them legit, like, let's say, like I recently got my car wrapped and um, she told me what it was going to be, right? She told me the flat rate what it was going to be. Cause she kind of, you know, she just has her own small shop and she did it. So she's like, Oh, it'll be this. And I'm like, okay. And I just looked at her. I'm like, 
would you mind if I paid you more than that? Like genuinely curious. And she looked at me like confused, like why? <laughs> like she had never been asked that. And I was like, because I want to. I think that the job you did deserves more than that. And I could tell she wasn't emotionally ready to have this conversation and like open her heart and maybe allow me to see how much this impacted her. But I could feel, I could feel it. And this brought me great joy to be able to just be like, yeah, I know what you charge, but I want to pay this instead. And it's these types of things that instantly shift your state and they, they put you in an energy where you become a superconductor. And every time I do something like this, it's without fail. Maybe it's that day. Maybe it's that week. Maybe it's not for a few weeks. But these things add up and compound. And so I think of this not transactionally as like, oh, I have to pay for something today. I'm going to pay extra. And then I'm going to sit around hypervigilantly and see what happens. That's not how I'm going about this. That's transactional. That defeats the purpose here. I go about this stuff more from a place of, I want my habits to be in the right place. And so it's more about every time I have an opportunity, doing what I deem to be the generous thing, doing what I deem to be the giving thing. And so every time I want to make sure I do the right thing. And it's when you have that natural habit that I feel your life completely, completely 180s. So I did want to clarify that. Another example is the vast majority of times when I'm out in a group setting, I love to offer to pick up the entire bill. And then people usually like freak out, right? If it's like, oh, I got it. Because, you know, for those of you, hopefully all of us have been out in like a group dinner or whatever. And usually it's like it gets close to the check and people get all weird. Everyone gets weird because you see people's money mindset come out and like people start getting uh, <laughs> trying to pull out the calculator and like shortchange you $5 when you're all throwing in or like not tip or whatever it is. It's really weird energy. And I've experienced it enough times to where I just like to be like, yo, I got the bill. You know, you guys can. And then people usually are like, no, no, you can't do that. Like I need to pay. And it's like, All right, you can pay me if you want, but like, I'm not even going to tell you what to pay me. I just, I got the bill. And that keeps me in an energy of abundance. It feels good to do that. It reminds me of how wealthy I am and it feels nice to do that. And then on everyone else, it keeps them from shifting in this ridiculous low state because a lot of people have horrible energetics around money. And the feelings and the states that you're able to enter into when you do things like this, I'm just being honest, are 10 times more valuable than the few hundred dollars you might think you just lost by covering the bill. It's all about your paradigm and how you choose to see it, right? There are multiple realities here. I just happen to exist in a reality where money's constantly flowing to me. It's very easy and effortless to create, and I love to spend it. And when I say that, this isn't a, a reckless spending, an egotistical empty void trying to fill it spending. This is a, oh, I want to reciprocate love. 
I want to show you love. I want to allow you to feel special. I want to do something nice. That is the energy. And normally, most people probably only feel that at Christmas. Let's be honest. Think about it. How many times a year do you feel that feeling where you feel like, damn, I just did something like really nice for someone? You probably feel that once a year, and that's called the holidays. Now, let me ask you my next question. What is people's favorite time of the year? Hmm, maybe the holidays? Have you ever thought about why that might be? 